0: Emotional well-being. Do we protect ourselves? Help me understand what emotional well-being refers to.
1: Oh, that just means how you feel about yourself in life, um, um, emotional as well as physical. We focus on our physical a lot. You know, when we feel bad, we try and get patched up. <laughs> we do, uh, but we do sustain emotional injuries, too, in life but we're much less protective of our emotional well-being. We just kind of say, you know, grin and bear it, and and many times that is a good answer, but sometimes, you know, we really need to look at what's going on with us emotionally. And in my practice in psychology with people, that supports the idea that emotional patch-up work is often put off until it reaches kind of an intensity, David, that, that has to be dealt with pretty much with short notice. You know, we wait until we're at a crisis state emotionally instead of, of doing things to protect ourselves along the way. Dr. Guy Winch um, wrote an article, he's a psychologist, and he's offered some suggestions to help ourselves stay emotionally healthy. And I like these. And and I, I may add a few uh, suggestions along with that, though. First one is fail successfully.
0: Hmm. Oh, Okay, that yeah, it it? is. Fails successfully. <laughs> yes. Hmm, I thought failure wasn't a success.
1: <laughs> but what he is saying is failure, of course, demoralizes us and distorts our perceptions, and we can lose motivation because of that. Instead of letting failure rule us, make a list of factors related to your unattained goal, to your failure, to, to your unattained goal, that are in your control, and then consider how you might improve each of these factors to correct the failure, Mm -hmm. meaning in loss. And this is a very tough one. Those who successfully navigate loss are able to find some meaning in those experiences of loss. And that takes time. Mm -hmm. So what he's saying is, and I concur, by recognizing not only what you have lost, but also what you may have learned and gained will help you develop uh, a new appreciation for your life and the people in it. Next one is stop brooding. Uh, you know, that's common for all of us. Well, there is an urge to ruminate over loss, disrupt the cycle by distracting yourself with a task that requires concentration. It's your choice. It can be a simple distraction. <laughs> the other one is nurture your self-esteem. You've got to like yourself. We have ups and downs, but many of us become self-critical when feeling bad. We put ourselves down, and it is a it is a better practice, and I like this, for self compassion, when you have critical thoughts of yourself, and this is what I like, write down what you would tell a friend who had <laughs> similar feelings, and then send this suggestion to yourself in an email.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: like that. That's kind of that's a clever one.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, it, you know, I got a call from a, a listener a couple of days ago who suggested something as a topic for you and you're you're covering that today, so I hope he's listening because he was talking about self talk and basically you're saying be aware of what you're saying to yourself. Oh yeah. And so um if you find yourself being overly critical, what you just said is detach yourself from that, look at that and say, Well if some friend was being that way towards himself or herself, what would you tell them? Yeah. And then tell it to yourself. That's interesting. It'd be interesting to get an email from yourself.
1: <laughs> it would be <laughs> revive self worth. Rejection is hurtful, and the best way to ease emotional pain and revive self-worth after rejection is to affirm the aspects of yourself that you do value, qualities you possess that you find meaningful, your loyalty, your compassion, your creativity. So revive that. Remember, you do have self-worth as a person. Combat loneliness is another one, and once we feel lonely, we sabotage our future opportunities to make or deepen connectedness. We we just, connections, we just pull back, and we make excuses like, um, they don't call me, so why should I call them? Mm-hmm. You know, which really, mm-hmm. what uh, the person is saying, and I concur, now make a list of people whose company you like and reach out to a few. And that's always good, to keep that list of people that you, whose company you would like to be mm-hmm. in, and then to reach out. And the last one he said was absolve yourself. (laughs) If you have hurt someone by your actions, reach out and apologize with true caring by understanding how you're hurting them made them feel. And once you have expressed real empathy, the other person is more likely to feel that your apology is sincere and authentically forgive you. Those are good ones. And, you know, you can, I sum them up in, in a little different way. And I think one of the things I say is love yourself as a truly genuine and caring human being, which we can all be when we try. Forgive yourself when you fail and work towards always becoming a better person. Take time to genuinely reach out to others and finally find the good in yourself and in others in your life. In other words, be more positive. Look for the good.
0: One of the things you said early on I think needs to be reiterated here, and that is do these along the way. Don't wait for the crises moment. Yes. Because you got to have those as ongoing practices. It's like what you do physically, and you made that point also. Oftentimes we take more care of our physical selves than our emotional or mental self. What we need to do is uh, if we're working out, We work out regularly, and that way we're ready when the test comes, like a race or some other kind of physical test, so the same thing would happen emotionally.
1: That is true. Mm -hmm. You know, an interesting sidebar is that, unfortunately, we can be more critical than be positive. And there are some people who are naturally positive, and some who just seem to be critical naturally, almost. But, but generally speaking, we we look at the, we critique things, and sometimes we forget to look at the good side of of what we're looking at, and and that seemed like such a simple step, mm-hmm. but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not to just change. So I just. I like to tell people, okay, if you said something or feel something critical, what could there be on the other side of that coin? What are you not, not thinking about? You know, emotional well-being uh, can equal the importance of physical well-being. I consider them to be siblings who need to get along.
0: What was that again? Say that again. Emotional well-being mm-hmm.
1: can equal the importance of physical well-being. Mm-hmm. I consider emotional well-being and physical well-being to be siblings mm-hmm. who need to get along, <laughs> who need to support each other, not critique each other. And and so, you know, you need to really look at your emotional and physical well-being at the same time. And, you know, I thought, okay, well, today's a Wednesday and we need a little humor in our life. And so, I want to end with just a, just a little humor here. you know children learn teach us a lot, and we learn a lot as a child and and there could be a lot of funny things. I've only got two today. there could be a dozen of these. but I think you know what do we learn and and in in emotional well-being we have to smile at things, so that's what, where this fits in. This is a truth uh that we forget. If your sister hits you, <laughs> don't hit her back. They always catch the second person. Isn't that the truth? If you look back. And then the other one is never ask your three-year-old brother to hold a tomato. (laughs) (laughs) Those are just funny little things about about life. And, you know, you look at those, and maybe there's some examples of how we extrapolate that up to us as adults. But uh, the main thing is to laugh at life when you can.